Hi, this is Steve. So you probably already know this, but Friday we are releasing part two of our deep dive into Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight with special guest DC All Access host Jason Inman. Now things continue to go downhill in Gotham as the Joker's particular brand of terror spreads throughout the city, and Harvey Dent, Jim Gordon, and Batman always seem to be just a few steps behind. All of this builds to one of the greatest confrontation scenes in the history of film, one of the most disturbing escapes, and the creation of the supervillain I consider to be second only to the Joker himself. All of that and much more is waiting for you in part two of The Dark Knight with our special guest Jason Inman this Friday on The Cinephiles. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. They need you right now. But when they don't, They'll cast you out, like a leper. See, their morals, their code, it's a bad joke. We've dropped at the first sign of trouble. I'll show you, when the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. Hello and welcome back to The Cinephiles for part two of our exploration of Christopher Nolan's The Dark Knight. We rejoin our conversation right after the Joker has crashed the benefit for Harvey Dent. And then we're back with Bruce and Alfred. And this is like a key scene to the movie where they where he, Bruce starts by saying that the mob crossed the line and they, they started dealing with a man that they don't understand. And Alfred's kind of going, do you understand him? Right. And this is really key. And he says to him, you forced them to uh adapt you forced them you 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 know you did you not think they were going to come back after you did you not think you were going to get a response right and that's an older man talking to a younger man because a younger man thinks i've got all the rights uh, the right like i'm fighting for what's right and and when i win then it'll be the fight will be over but the fight is never over and an old man knows that and so an old man knows when they walk into a situation if i do this i know what's going to happen and whereas Bruce and Batman are about just catching evil, destroying evil, Michael Caine, Alfred is telling him, he said, what did you think was going to happen? They were just going right. to sit back and relax and let you just beat them? Well, and, and that you don't really understand this guy, the Joker. Right. You know, that he's a kind of thing that maybe you can't quite fathom. Right. Um, and it's interesting, too. There are a lot of people that, and I don't know how I feel about this, mm-hmm. but a lot of people talk about this movie as a, as a metaphor for terrorism, for wars in Iraq and Afghanistan sure. and how you deal with there's strong some of that men. In there, dig- definitely. I think there's some in here. Yeah. I don't know if I would go that deeply into it, but it's definitely here. Yeah. And the idea of, okay, you just took over this country and, you know, you yeah. broke it, you bought it, and what did you expect was going to happen? <laughs> right. You know, like some of that's in here. Is, is this a scene also where he, Alfred reveals yeah. to him about the guy that they yeah. went after? Yeah, in the, the ruby the size of a tangerine. One day, I saw a child playing with a ruby the size of a tangerine. The bandit had been throwing them away. So why steal them? Well, because he thought it was good sport. Because some men aren't looking for anything logical, like money. They can't be bought, bullied, reasoned, or negotiated with. Some men just want to watch the world burn. This is my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh-huh. Their, their interaction, because... It is an honest interaction between men about a situation. And he says to him, 
Some men just want to watch the world burn. I have never yep. forgotten that line, nor will I ever forget the line, because I think there are yep. some men that are just driven, or people, regardless of gender, who are driven to cause chaos and enjoy the chaos because they have a malevolent, Machiavellian, Machiavellian or psychotic streak within them that does not stop them from doing it. And, and, and it's incredible when you encounter it. Yeah. You know, so I, totally. I, I love this scene. Because it's the most serious Alfred is with him. He's sure. the most serious in this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like this as well because it does reveal uh, Alfred in the comic books was a spy. Yeah. He was a soldier. And he was an actor mm-hmm. before he became a butler. And I like the idea that this movie shows that history. Yeah. Well, and, I mean, this is one of the things is like part of Bruce Wayne's character is this huge confidence mm-hmm. that he knows what's best. And he doesn't. Yeah. You know? And this movie, we're going to see some of that mm-hmm. because he's now facing someone that's really, I mean, the way that Joker outclasses Batman throughout this film, I mean, it is, he's 12 steps ahead of him the well, this, whole time. This is the hidden thing about the Nolan movies. His Batman in every installment is out of his element. Yeah. He is completely playing catch up every single time. Ra's al Ghul has his number. The Joker has his number. And Bane has his number all the time. This is the this is what's interesting about his uh, this Batman is he's constantly mm-hmm. unable to handle the situation or he's in over his head. I guess is what I want to say. He's in over his head and has to find a way to climb out. And I think that makes us like him even more because he's such an underdog, and we as humans subconsciously mm-hmm. love the underdog. Absolutely. Um, the Joker has apparently killed a guy named Harvey and a guy named Dent. Um, <laughs> And right before that, there's the shot where they had, um, I don't think it was the Sears Tower, but it's like this, one of the tallest buildings in Chicago, that Batman shot, that big IMAX shot. That oh, it. yeah. And that is also Christian Bale in the Batman suit Jeez. on top of that, that tower. Yeah, wow. I couldn't do that. I have such a fear of heights. <laughs> um, what if I give you several million dollars? Uh, maybe, I guess. <laughs> but it won't stop my body from shaking. It's yeah. crazy, I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, Joker's going after the mayor next. And then we go to this thing that's all very strange of them doing this weird ballistics test on this gun mm-hmm. and this yeah, weird 3D imaging to get the van. like, yeah. oh, okay. <laughs> um, it's a sign of how great this movie is that there's certain things that I just go, okay. Well, I kind of like it because he's a detective. So yeah. I like that he's doing. A I, bit I specifically think stuff. that yeah I, yeah, I specifically think this scene was added because of the complaints well, probably, from Batman Begins, where they were like, "Well, he wasn't a detective in it." Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah, it's funny because that's not detecting to me. Not really. That's just using <laughs> some cool technology. Yep. Like detecting is figuring something out. Well, you say fingerprints, and that's that's uh, 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 detecting to me at least. Sure. Mm. No, no, I, I, yeah. You men are smarter than I am, and this is all. <laughs> I'm not saying that. Yeah. No. Um, uh, <laughs> it's it's a weird. I I find it to be a weird scene. Yeah. Um, back at Wayne Enterprises, <laughs> Reese, who was the other guy at the board meeting, who I don't even think we talked about, who was investigating, yeah, 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 was investigating the books of the Chinese company, has come to have a conversation with Lucius Fox because he didn't find anything new in the Chinese companies in Lao's books. Yeah, but he did find some interesting things in Wayne Enterprises books, which is basically he has figured out that uh, Lucius Fox is building toys for Batman and that Bruce Wayne is Batman. Yeah. <laughs> And he would like $10 million a year for the rest of his life. I mean, I do appreciate that he's not super greedy. Like, he could have said $100 million a year. Like, he just said 10 you know, so. But I was, yeah, because he wanted to do just enough to get paid, just, but not just enough to piss off. Just Wayne. enough to have some fun every right, year, but right. not too greedy. And but Morgan Freeman, Lucius Fox's response. Oh, yeah. The mm-hmm. best. It is the best. Let me get this straight. You think that your client 
one of the wealthiest, most powerful men in the world, is secretly a vigilante who spends his nights beating criminals to a pulp with his bare hands. And your plan is to blackmail this person? <laughs> Good luck. Good luck with that. Good luck with that. Um, and you see the guy's face fall, and he yeah, sort of yeah. sheepishly so moves great. away. And then Lucius uh, reconstructs this fingerprint off the bullet. Um, okay. It's this it goes a little too far for me. To say. Um, and then we, by the way, and they say, "Oh, there are four possible matches," and then we never do anything else with that. Yeah, that's why it sort of bothers me. Is it's like because it just leads him to the room that oversees the parade, correct? right? Is that where that takes? I him? think that's it. Like that. Like that's it. Okay, that's a fair complaint. I think. Um, I and speaking of which, that. we're at the parade, um, and there's snipers doing security. Their mayor is making a speech. Bruce and Bruce finds these guys tied up mm-hmm. and gagged. Um, and even, I'm a little confused about exactly what happened here. So there's a there's a timer on the window, mm-hmm. and there's the these are fake police that are or I think that the Joker has replaced it's in the, the honor, honor guard in the it, honor it, guard it's the honor guard. But those are Joker's men now, right? Yeah, in the honor guard. In the honor, so the Joker replaced. He took out all of the honor guard, right. and they're the ones. Those tied are the guys the beam, tied up. And yeah. Joker's henchmen are all they replaced. So them. why is the thing with the window happening? Because is that the plan to kill Gordon? No, I think I think I think this is the point where the Joker starts anticipating Batman. Mm. I've always thought this. I, I in my head, I was like, this is the point where the Joker's finally realized, like, oh, he's getting close. Yeah, this is how I get him. Right. But how is he getting? That's why I'm. Confused. Well, he's standing like, there when the window goes up and a shot goes out, and the it sniper looks like does shoot shot. at that window. Right. It looks like he. Oh, I shoot Scort. Mm-hmm. So he's trying to constantly frame him. Wait, I don't know. I don't know about the frame, but I just I I think this is like this is where is there a sniper there to shoot Batman? Is that the plan? Well, there a sniper does see the window blind go, and he fires at the window, and Bruce takes a a step back. Right, but that's not the shot that takes out Gordon. Right, Right. because Gordon gets well, and of course Gordon the twenty one gun shoot. Yeah, yeah. Right, the twenty one gun shoot fires at the mayor. Gordon pushes the mayor out of the way, and then he ends up getting hit. But the blind does happen during the twenty one gun salute. Right. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it's always been a kind of like, I know there's a plan here, but it's not crystal clear to me exactly what, because it also goes to the, well, what was supposed to happen? Yeah, mm-hmm. Was Batman supposed to get shot in the window? And the other thing, too, is they planned to fake Gordon's death, right? Mm-hmm. Was this the plan? Because they couldn't know that the Joker was going to take over these marksmen and attempt to shoot the mayor. Yeah. Those are live bullets. So I don't see in, in my head, sorry, John, in my head, the only two people that know that Gordon's dead is gordon and then the uh guy that's not bullock but should be bullock yeah because i think he's the first guy that touches jim after mm-hmm. he goes down and so he would know right. well and batman knows i don't think batman knows oh you don't think batman knows i don't think batman knows i don't think they plan to uh so you think maybe it was just something happening gordon yes. whispered pretend i'm dead yes right then i think gordon did in in Quick thinking, because that's James Gordon, mm-hmm. in the situation, protected the mayor, got shot. And so he didn't even tell his wife, remember, he doesn't even tell his wife yeah. that they're doing it. So when they make the decision, it's their way of trapping the Joker. Mm-hmm. That Gordon's been killed. Uh, and also Batman away. goes to his house right. and like sort of mourns there. So I don't yeah. think Batman has any idea. Oh, yeah, because so she yells at him. She yells at him. She yeah. definitely yells yeah. at him, yeah. Um, because and so, so the, the police go to tell Barbara Gordon that that that, um, that Gordon is dead. Right. Um, and the other thing is that uh, Harvey Dent has grabbed this one 
fake cop yeah. and is threatening him. That is a weird looking dude. Played by David DeSmalchin, mm-hmm. uh, who is actually an Ant-Man. Yep. He plays like Kurt and Ant-Man. He's the oh. Russian guy. Yeah, he's the oh, Russian guy in Ant-Man. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. This is the first movie where like, I wreck it, but he is a weird looking dude. He's, yep. that's, he, he's also in Blade Runner 2049. Yes. Uh, he's the coroner, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Dan is he, threatening him and he seems to kind of gone round the bend a little bit. Right. But then don't they figure out that he's like... He's a he's a patient from Arkham. Well, yes. Batman later says, which I was like, right. yeah, <laughs> tie it back in. Yeah, um, he's not going to tell you anything. <laughs> um, Harvey calls Rachel to tell her she's not safe, mm-hmm. and she says, "Well, the safest place for me to go is Bruce Wayne's penthouse." Hello, <laughs> Batman's his got, bed, Harvey. Batman's <laughs> got Eric Roberts, and there's a great moment of it, Batman hangs a lot of dudes off roofs. Mm-hmm. He does like to do that. It's a standard move, and he still does it in Justice League. So he likes to yeah, do that, right. dude. And Eric Roberts <laughs> it never is, goes old. It's <laughs> like it's like you won't kill me. You know, you won't kill me. Um, and he's and I don't remember what it's. I know. Yeah. Um, he drops him off the roof because we're actually only like three stories up. Yeah. I like I like that. It's a good variation. I do too because that's just enough pain for Batman, yeah. but it doesn't kill you. You're right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Breaks his leg. Jesus. Breaks yeah. both of his legs. Both. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um, and this is where we sort of set up. Eric Roberts is the first person to say it. You want to find the Joker, all you got to do is take off your mask. That's mm-hmm. what the yeah. Joker really wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and now we're back with Harvey Dent. He's got a gun to this guy's head, and he's got his coin out. And we, I should have said, back at the trial, we established the coin for the first time. His father's lucky mm-hmm. coin. Yeah. And and Rachel says, as he's flipping it, about who's going to do the the cross-examination back at the trial, he, she says, you shouldn't leave that to chance. And he says, I'm not, which is, of course, a key piece of information. Mm-hmm. And now he's going to flip the coin about whether or not to kill this guy. Yeah. What do you think he's going to do here if Batman doesn't show up? I don't think he's going to kill the guy. But I think it bothers me that they kind of use the coin in this way. I I have yet to see anyone do this effectively on film for Harvey Dent. I don't know why it works so effectively in the comics and why it has yet to ever work in a live action film. And this is my personal opinion. I, I think it's. I don't think it. It's not organically presented in a way that makes sense to me. I agree. He's just going to flip his coin in front of I Rachel. Think it's maybe the suspension of disbelief. Yeah, it very much is like a villain trademark. Thing. Yeah, I actually think Harvey kills this guy. You would. You think he would? Oh, well, because I, this is this is sort of the first scene in the movie that really illuminates what I think is the real theme of this movie, and that is that, um, uh, not violence, but I was going to say like. Events can cause men yes. to act very to act act make men like act evil because of desperation. Yeah. And I think this is Harvey Dent's moment where he's like, "I've got to kill this guy because I've got to get to the Joker because Rachel's going to die." Oh, that's a fair point. And I think this is this is desperate Harvey Dent mm-hmm. is what I really because this is kind of the last thing. And even hopping in the back of the the SWAT van that we're going to yeah. see him later do is almost an act of desperation as well. Mm-hmm. And this is the point of the movie where we see our three her- heroes all act out of desperation. Gordon has to lie to his wife, yeah, which right. is something he really shouldn't do. No. And his kid. And his kid. Harvey may have to kill a man. Mm-hmm. And Batman decides to give up his identity in this scene. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up being Batman. So all three men are acting out of desperation. That's a good point. To stop the Joker. And also this may be the first time we start to see that he has this ability to go evil, right? If he's going to kill him, if he's desperate enough to put himself in this situation, as we see in in a little bit in the press conference, he's the kind of guy, he's a guy that like plays loose and fast with the rules a little bit and pushes the boundaries 
because he has this once again this desire to prove himself, desire to be like it. That mm-hmm. sometimes can be turned into an evil thing, and so we may, this may be the the beginning of his turn. So that when he turns uh, and the face thing happens, it's not as dramatic of a turn as we might think. Now, John, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Would you have rather this scene have happened without the coin? Uh, well, if you establish the coin already, it works. Okay. But I just I think from the beginning the coin is an issue for me Got in it. the. Because I agree with Rachel. I'm like, that's a stupid way to use the coin. Like, oh, you're just going to flip it and you're going to turn. Is this how you became successful? You became a DA by flipping coins for cases? Like, mm-hmm. that to me, it bothers me a little bit. It leaves it too much to chance. Now, I get it. Like, I like other versions well, of- But there is no chance because it's a two-headed coin. That's why I'm going like, well, what was So he- it's not scarred? Not yet. Not yet. It's only in yeah. the bombing is it scarred. Well, doesn't yeah. he say heads or oh. tails, though? Yeah, but it's a two-headed coin. Oh, I see. That's oh, why he's not leaving anything that. to chance. Well, Steve, you've unlocked the... Ah, uh, yeah. Fuck. There you go. Oh, you no, win. But, no, no, but... no, but <laughs> You that, win, Steve but, Boris. But that... I, first of all, I love to win. <laughs> Second of all, that's why I don't understand is because I'm like... It's heads on both sides. Isn't it insane that I've oh. never realized that it was two heads until now? I've, wow. I, I've watched this movie like probably 25 I mean, times. At least. I, and I've never caught that. I could <laughs> I could be wrong, but I'm oh, no. pretty I sure. I think you're right. I think you're right. <laughs> then I take everything back. I think it works completely. But but like if, if I have to flip a two at a coin, then I know it's going to be heads. Yeah. Therefore, I'm not threatening you. Right. What am I threatening you with? Right. Because I know, know what the answer is going to be. Um, I mean, unless you're saying that, okay, tails, I'm going to kill you. And of course, it's never going to come out your tails. Right. But that means I'm never going to kill you. So then he's not going to he kill never, I don't. I do think for this guy, he never flips it. He just shows him one. No, side. he does oh. flip oh, it. He and does? he says, let's try it again. Let's see it. Try it again. Oh, or something like oh, that. Interesting. Well, and this is this is the thing that I'm just so oh, two, two things I'm confused about because um, I find this movie confusing. Yes. <laughs> is, <laughs> is one of them. We establish a lot. All this talk. Do you trust Harvey Dent? Do you yeah, trust Harvey yeah, Dent? Yeah. And that Harvey Dent was known as Two-Face when he was at Internal Affairs. Sure. And that, therefore, they're telling us that this guy is not that trustworthy. Mm-hmm. But we never see him be not trustworthy. Or, or you know? but with Internal Affairs, it's because he turns these cops because he turns. plays friends with them and then gets well, maybe them to that's drop their guard and well, then well, turns so, so, so I'm a little confused about his character because mm. we never we, – and, and you say, and I think you're correct, mm-hmm. that what they're that this is this moment where all of them are panicking. Mm-hmm. I don't see – see it motivatable that they're all panicking at this moment i mean this is batman and jim gordon both of whom have been through a lot of shit and at this point the joker has not been that scary well he killed the commissioner and he's killed the judge yeah but ross al ghul and and the scarecrow were going to turn the whole city into fear and nobody yeah. was panicking i, I mean so. like like the, that's a good point okay and yeah in ideas of escalation i see what you're saying i mean i right. just i just we haven't seen and, and we hear eric roberts say you know, you got to take your mask off, and that's what's. But we haven't really been convinced that that's going to do anything. Right. And Gordon, you know, faking his own death. It's like, well, to what end? How is this going to help things? Mm-hmm. And how is killing this? I've got to kill this guy yeah. in order to get the Joker. How does killing this guy get the Joker? Mm. It doesn't. Or threatening to kill this guy. Well, yeah. and maybe if he gets the guy to talk, he can right, get to right, the Joker. Right, right. But that's why I'm kind of going like the, the the in terms of I'm 100 percent involved in this movie. None of this is me going like is throwing me out of the film. It's just. As I think about it, I go, wait, I don't quite understand. Internal logic kind of breaks down a little bit. A little bit. But anyway, Batman does show up, and he says this thing, which he said before, is like, You're the symbol of hope I could never be. Your stand against organized crime is the first legitimate ray of light in Gotham in decades. If anyone saw this, everything would be undone. That's also a very selfish line for Batman. That's him being like... You, I you can't quit. ruin my one chance. Yeah. <laughs> I want to go to Aruba, my friend, and you're ruining it. <laughs> Focus, Harvey. 
So then we end up back at the penthouse with Rachel, yeah. and this is where he says, you said, which we talked about was the the other movie, you said that if I ever stopped doing this, we could be together. Is that still true? And she says, yes. Mm-hmm. And they kiss. Yeah, it's, it, she's cheating on Harvey. Yeah. By kissing him. It's but because it's even more than cheating on him. She's not just cheating on him. Yeah. She's not just kissing another dude. Yeah. She's telling another dude, I love you, and if you do one thing, I'm gonna drop my other guy and be with you. Now this is a weird this is a this is a weird scene for me because it is mm-hmm. what is Rachel's motives here? Does she tell Bruce this because she thinks if she tells him this, he will protect her from the Joker? But also, we have this running subplot of Harvey has apparently asked her to marry him several times. Yeah. And she still says, nah. Yeah. But then later on in the movie, Rachel's like, yes, 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 yes. And we learn from the note that's going to happen the very next day that... Rachel was never going to go with Bruce, no matter right. what. That she had made yeah. her decision. So, yeah, was this her so, protecting uh, her? Well, I think, and, and um, you know, and I don't want to speak out of turn for uh, a woman, but maybe in this particular case with this particular woman, sometimes people, in, in I think anybody in relationships, they have to, ex- they have to sometimes explore their options and uh, because <laughs> of the longer, the longer game that's being played here. And that for her is, she has a longer history with Bruce. Mm-hmm. They were childhood you know, sweethearts and they have best that friends, yeah. best friends. And then they have a possible, you know, relationship and there's definitely an attraction. Batman begins and all that at the and end. And he's Batman. And he's Batman. Right? He's Batman. And that's damn sexy. That's <laughs> yeah. right. And she's the one that's always been telling him that he has to stop doing this. Like yeah. she's from Batman begins into here, no matter who the actress is, they're telling him the same thing. And so when he has this moment where he, where he has this interaction with her she kisses him because she still loves him. So maybe she's not done with his feelings yet, which is why she can't commit to Harvey 100%, because she has to finish this relationship first fully before she can give herself fully to Harvey. So in having this interaction with Batman, with Bruce now, she realizes, oh, I still have feelings for him. I met out with him. I really need to take a step back and, and look at this before I make any decision. I think for me, that's much more likely than that she wants protection. Okay. Because yeah. nothing in the, her character throughout the movie. I mean, a guy pulls yeah, a gun her, on Harvey. Yeah. And she's just kind of happy and turned off. Yeah. She punches the Joker. She punches the Joker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She goes out a window. Yep. Gets caught by Batman, and mm-hmm. she just kind of makes a joke at the end. Yeah. She says, "Let's like, not do that again." <laughs> she doesn't seem Fair to be point. that scared a person. Yeah. Um, uh, but now it seems like he's really made this decision to turn himself in because he and Alfred are like destroying evidence and. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie. I I, I love um, Bruce saying, what would you have me do? And and Michael Caine's endure. Endure, Master Wayne. Take it. They'll hate you for it, but that's the point of Batman. He can be the outcast. He can make the choice that no one else can make. The right choice. Today I found out what Batman can't do. He can't endure this. Today you get to say I told you so. Today I don't want to. And again, it it comes back around at the very end uh, where, where Bruce figures out what Alfred was telling him. But I love their last beat where all the lights are turning off. Yeah, really and, um, and they're the jokes. And Bruce is like, I'm going to tell him it was you. Yeah. <laughs> it was all your idea. It was all your idea. <laughs> um, and we also have the, but I did bloody tell you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, really yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think Alfred was maybe the right choice to raise this poor orphan kid. What? How dare you? <laughs> I think maybe someone a, a little more compassionate it's, might have helped him out. I, I don't know. Bit. It's 
it's it's funny because I love the Alfred Bruce relationship. I do too. I love I it so much. And and I I'm one of those people that I believe Alfred is Bruce's real father, more so than Thomas Wayne ever was. Um, you don't mean that genetically he actually... No, 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 okay. no, no, no. Just I like, of course he is. Yeah, like, Absolutely. Malfa, you look good at her, Sam Malfa. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, well, that's a whole yeah, other storyline. Th- I think this little kid is just so broken that there, that that no matter what Alfred did, because Alfred yeah. is very loving. Yeah. He is, but, but the, he also, when the 11-year-old boy you know, is basically going... I'm going to avenge my parents and fight. Alfred is going, yeah, okay, how can I help you do that? Well, because he's a, super, a soldier. So it's in his nature to do that, yeah. to trade him to help him fight. I also, think, I also think he's just like, hey, this little boy is actually talking after seeing his brother, oh, yeah, his, his yeah. parents brutally murdered in front of him. Okay, sure. You want to go be a ninja? Great. <laughs> well, without him, we don't have Batman. That's right. Uh, no, absolutely. Right. I, I, I love having Batman. I'm really saying it psychologically, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. in a real world, you know, the decision of leaving this kid with this ex-soldier <laughs> butler guy and just going, all right, I guess you guys are cool, <laughs> maybe wasn't the best choice. Um, but we're, but it's going to be over now because Batman is going to he's going to turn himself in. We're at yep. a press conference. Into the movie. Yeah, Harvey Dent is up there making a speech, and at the end he says, "Yes, we got to bring in this uh, Batman guy," and then he says, "I am the Batman." Uh-huh. I am Spartacus. I am, I am Iron Man. <laughs> right, I was going to say, it turns that Iron Man moment around. Yeah. And Rachel's pissed. Yep. Rachel's pissed. Um, but, and and uh, this is one of those, this is one of the moments where I'm like, uh, I get a little bit upset because I think her decision is rash to write the letter, to do this. It's not from thought, it's from a reaction to mm-hmm. Bruce not stepping up and taking the mantle, which is something wrong, I think, to vindicate him for because he has clearly put his life on the line numerous times to fight yeah. crime and do whatever. And so for her to get mad at him for the one time he didn't step up and stop Harvey from doing it, instead of being compassionate understanding that maybe it's he was thrown off by the situation, She's she writes the letter and shows up and tells Alfred, why did he do it? Oh, yeah, okay, because he put Harvey on the blah, blah, blah. So it, it gives her the reason to leave Bruce in a way that isn't, proactive it's reactive and i think they undercut rachel by doing that in the story but yeah. but i it, but it works for the emotional beat of what they're going for mm-hmm. it just bothers me a little bit that it's a reactive instead of proactive is, i hadn't because i hadn't thought about it that way before but i think you're totally right is that how you saw it too that her writing that letter is a reaction to bruce not yeah it's like a last minute thought see i hadn't thought about it but now that you say it i mm-hmm. think yeah that's i think well. yeah you're right i think it is a reaction to that press conference yeah interesting um, Harvey kisses her goodbye. They're going to transfer him off to uh, another jail, and mm-hmm. we're getting into this SWAT thing. Seems to be something going on with that SWAT driver. <laughs> Don't quite, but yeah. paying a little bit more attention to. Yeah, it. He doesn't it, talk. It's even one of those things. I remember the first time I watched this movie, and the number of times they cut to inside the cab yeah. just to hear the annoying guy be like, "Oh man, don't drive there!" <laughs> like I was like, "What is going on? Why do we keep going for these jokes?" And so, I, actually, to be honest, I'm so glad that it was Gordon because yeah. otherwise, I'd have been like, "This is the worst edited scene yeah. of all time." <laughs> um, and we're heading off in the truck, and this is a great action sequence. Phenomenal action sequence. We yeah. go down, and there's like a burning fire truck which sends us down into this underground area, which I think is Lower Wacker drive in in chicago and the garbage truck comes up and the it knocks i love that the moment where it knocks a car into the river Mm. i mean that is just really really cool my truck that says slaughter yeah Yeah. side um and the truck opens up and there is the joker and and by the way how they shot this was um uh there's a device called an ultimate arm 
And the ultimate arm is a big, it's like a big jib mounted on top of an SUV. So there's a crane that's driving 30 miles an hour. um, And what they're shooting with IMAX cameras, these cameras are $300,000 a piece. There are four of them in the world. And they destroyed one of them. Oh my in god! This, in this shoot. All right. <laughs> oh my god! So then there are only three. Three hundred thousand. Yeah. Yikes. Um, and there's this moment where they're going to need something a little bigger to get through this SWAT truck. <laughs> Out comes the bazooka. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and here comes Batman in the tumbler. And uh, I, lo- I love the uh, and there, you know we have a great, great, beautifully designed uh, car chase action mm-hmm. sequence. I love the design of when he goes prone forward into the tumbler. Yeah, I that is such I a really cool do. thing. And that was in Batman Begins. Yeah. Um, I, this is the best use of Zimmer's music. Oh, it's fantastic. Uh, and I love the yellow glow of the whole, sh- like the nighttime shot. Yeah. All the yellow through it is incredible. And there's a, there's, uh, basically, the tumbler blocks a bazooka shot, yeah. I think, and that kind of wrecks the tumbler, and you think he's out, and then the front wheel starts spinning, then out of the tumbler comes the bat pod. Goodbye. This thing is cool. Yeah. It's really cool, although I don't think physically it's possible. It's a real bike. Like, no, I know it's a real bike, yeah. but like, no. This, oh, coming out the, of the tumbler? <laughs> yes, coming out of the tumbler. No. And then also, like, the way... There's several shots where he like does these weird glides, these power slides around yeah. corners, yeah. and the front wheel with the guns does this uh, perpendicular <laughs> twist, and you're like, that's not physically, no. <laughs> like, I get that it drives forward and turns like a bike, but like this stuff, no. <laughs> yeah, they, well, and this is what they do. They establish something that's yep. physically somewhat realistic, and then they push it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and this bike, by the way, was really, I mean, they spent like six months developing this mm-hmm. thing, and it's a real motorcycle, and the guy, I think his name is Jean-Pierre Goy, who is the stunt driver, and he, the way they did it was he got on this thing the first time. He could barely control it. He gets off, and he says, why don't we change this and this and this? They make some changes. He rides it again. He makes more suggestions, and this goes back and forth, back and forth for months oh. until they figure out how to actually ride this thing. It's a smart way to take out your Batmobile but still have a piece of the Batmobile still be there because it's it was always one of my biggest irks um of Batman Returns when the Batmobile got taken out in that movie as oh, well yeah. and then he had the little locomotive thing that was really ridiculous um but this one I'm like okay the Batpods I would say as equally cool as the Batmobile the oh, Tumbler yeah. in this so Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh totally. And uh um he goes I was wondering so he goes through a mall. Mm-hmm. Is that the same mall from Blues Brothers? Shop <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Um, he's Batman's pretty. He ha, he also has a lot of collateral damage in the sequence. Yes, he oh, blows yeah. up a lot of people's cars. Yeah, and he doesn't care about that mall. Like he almost runs over a couple people in that mall. Like yeah. this, that's the one thing about the Nolan Batman. He does not give a damn about civilians. Mm-hmm. No, I don't kill. Yeah, he doesn't kill. <laughs> but I'm but happy to fuck up a lot of yeah, shit. I'll blow up your car at any moment. <laughs> and you might be right next to the car, yep. and who knows what's going to happen. Now, now, in the comics, they sort of do a thing that the Wayne Foundation, like, gives a lot of yeah, charity yeah, away. Yeah. So, like, Bruce Wayne takes care of these people. But we get no semblance of that in this movie. So, to me, that just makes this Batman a dick. <laughs> <laughs> um, he drives up, he shoots this line into the truck, and then we do this unbelievable, as you mentioned before, flipping a truck. It's real. Which is real. Yeah. He missed! And I love, I love the way the Joker stumbles out of that, mm-hmm. like just the way his body moves. Mm-hmm. And he stands up there, and come on, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on! You know you want to do it. Come on, I want you to do it. I want you to do it. Come on, hit me! Come on, hit me! Come on, hit me! Ah! 
I mean, it's just so great as well, Batman's coming towards him. It's two suicidal, psychotic motherfuckers coming yeah, at each yeah. other, right? Batman is nuts, and, and Joker's nuts, but Joker's a little more nuts because he never moves. Mm-hmm. They play chicken, and Batman is the one that almost destroys his borders. And I love that the Joker, after Batman destroys the Bat Pod, and th- turns to look at him like he doesn't understand why he did it. Yeah, it's great. It's mm-hmm. like, wait, I thought we were going to slam into each other and see what happens. Well, because and for him, when why'd you goes, chicken out? When he goes hit me, yeah, like him to be killed. Oh yeah, by yeah. the Batman, therefore violating the Batman's code. Yes, is the perfect way which, for him to which die. Which is the crux of the Joker's yeah. whole purpose in this movie. Yeah. Yep. to get Batman to break his code. Yeah, well, and to prove that his code was really bullshit. Yeah, yeah. You know, which by the way, having someone break their code doesn't necessarily mean their code's bullshit sure. in my mind. But in the Joker's, it certainly does. Mm-hmm. And I even love, like, Batman goes down, he's unconscious, and I love the little skip yes. <laughs> that Heath Ledger mm-hmm. does going up towards him. Yeah. Uh, and apparently his suit's electrified. <laughs> and then just as the Joker maybe was about to kill Batman, who shows up but our good friend Jim Gordon to take the Joker away. It's so great reaction by him, too. He's, oh, come on, give me just one more minute. <laughs> I just yeah. love those reactions. And this was a good reveal. I remember yeah. like, in the theater, oh, yeah. like this was like a surprise. Yeah. Because I actually, knowing the type of filmmaker Nolan was, I thought he actually had killed Gordon. <laughs> I really yeah. did. I, I, I think I was 50 50. Mm-hmm. I think I was like, did he just kill Gordon? Yeah. Um, the. Uh, and then we get this great moment pulling the knives out at jail. Yeah. This is the Which huge... was in every trailer, like the 39 knives and lint or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And Gordon now apparently is chief police commissioner. Woo. Everyone's clapping, including the Joker. Mm-hmm. That clap is, that shot of him clapping is amazing. Yeah. Uh, Gordon's wife slaps him, as you should. Mm-hmm. Deservedly. Uh, yeah. Um, Back in jail, there's this heavy guy whose insides hurt. Yeah. I don't feel good. You're a cop killer. You're lucky to be feeling anything below the neck. Please step away from the bars. My insides hurt. I don't know what's going on with that. And then we find out a really key piece of information. Harvey Dent's gone missing. Because we saw him get into the car. Montoya put him in the car. Ramirez. Ramirez, sorry. Ramirez put him in the car. So mm-hmm. Dent has gone missing from the And I point. did notice. And Rachel. I, yeah, when I noticed this last time, uh, last week when I watched it, yeah. they do hold on Ramirez. Yes. Quite uh, a bit. Yeah. Which I did not notice the first time I saw this movie. But once you know the twist, yeah. they hold on Ramirez pretty good. It betrays it completely. Yeah. And Gordon is interrogating Joker, and then he uncuffs him. Why does he uncuff him? <laughs> well, we're, we're finding out in two seconds. I don't think we are. Really? Why does he uncuff him? What do you mean? I mean, good cop, bad cop? Yeah. Maybe? Because Batman's coming out to take care of him. Why does he have to be uncuffed? Well, to give him a fighting chance. Why? Well, it's the civil thing to do. I think Gordon does the right (laughs) thing in this moment. So when you're going to torture a prisoner, it's (laughs) civil to give them a fighting chance? (laughs) Yes, I think so. Here, I'm going to give you a hammer. He's going to have an M16. (laughs) But there is a great moment. You have a weapon, though. Because we've been in a very dark dark space, and then Gordon... The light comes on and there is Batman standing right behind him. Ah. Ah. Never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He can't feel the neck. See? The scene between the two of them is incredible. I right. think this is, uh, sorry, John. This is, I think this is one of the best scenes in all of cinema history. It's yeah. so amazing. It's so electric, the way it's edited, the way it's acted. <laughs> kill you what would i do without you go back to ripping off mob dealers no 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 
No, you. You complete me. You're garbage. Who kills for money? Don't talk like one of them. You're not. Even if you'd like to be. To them, you're just a freak. Like me. They need you right now. When they don't, they'll cast you out. Like a leper. See, their morals, their code. It's a bad joke. We've dropped at the first sign of trouble. They're only as good as the world allows them to be. I'll show you. When the chips are down, these, uh, these civilized people, they'll eat each other. See, I'm not a monster. I'm just ahead of the curve. I heard for this scene, Heath Ledger told Christian Bale to hold no punches mm. and told him to actually hit him. Now, I don't know whether they actually let him do that, but I heard that, yeah. that Heath Ledger was like, actually hit me, actually slammed me. Wow. And his react I mean, he is loving it. Oh, God, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, they're, I mean, these are two unbelievable actors. Yeah, I mean, they're two fantastic actors in a superhero movie, yeah. you know, and this is something we'd never seen in a superhero movie before. And what they're talking about is some deep, heavy, crazy stuff. Don't talk like them. You're not them. Yeah. Even though you'd like to be, you're not one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The world All will never that. go back to the way it was. Yeah, you've yeah. changed things. Mm-hmm. It's that, it's because, right, because he's, he's fighting on a whole other level. It's all about his core as a person, who Batman is as a person. He's he, he keeps saying I'm fighting for the soul of Gotham, but Batman is that connection to the soul, and so he needs to, uh, uh, in for lack of a better term, he needs to deconstruct Batman completely to leave him uh, uh, twisting in the wind uh, and confused about who he is, because that's how he that's how he really uh, commits his crimes. Is he destroys people from the inside out, and you sometimes can't recover from that ironically as Heath Ledger himself maybe didn't recover and so those kinds of things so you can recover from a robbery or a beating but getting fucked up from the inside out some people don't come back from that and the reality which I think is true is that the we all walk around in a very rigid set of constructs about how we're all supposed to live and that is largely bullshit yeah Yeah. you know like the just from everything from driving on one side of the road versus the other (laughs) and how you're supposed to talk when you meet people and how we're supposed to behave everybody buys into it we all buy into that this is the way it's supposed to be and anyone who's gone to another country or dealt with people from another culture realize oh it's not yeah and bat in order to become batman batman had to step outside the lines Mm -hmm. on a fundamental way and but he's still in the lines to some degree yeah. And Joker says, you haven't gone, you, 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 you're you a freak. Yeah. We are outside, we're not part of them at all. Mm-hmm. Why don't you accept it, you know? Don't don't try to be, you're still trying to be one of them. That's how a cult leader does it, yeah. right? You're not like everyone else, you're special. Yeah. I uh, I see your specials, I'm the only one who does. So you need to come to my side, which is how he recruits these nutty people to do his bidding as well as henchmen. Mm-hmm. So and this from this point forward, they have the, 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 the scene goes on and he's, he you know, he freaks out uh, in a way Batman does because Joker reveals to him that uh, not only Harvey is in trouble, but Rachel is in trouble. And that really flips the Batman out, takes that chair, shoves it into the uh, uh, door so that Gordon can't come through it. And this is where Joker reveals to him. He says, "There's a, I only have one rule, and that's the rule you're going to have to break right. if you want to save one of them. Yeah. And that boom. And, and, and what's so interesting about the scene is the more... Batman tries to 
create dominance yes. over this other guy by beating the shit out of him, the more Joker is in control. Where are they? Choose between one life or the other. Your friend, the district attorney, or his blushing bride to be. <laughs> You know. Which is true, which is true in life. If someone fucks with you to the point where you are out of control, and that person is that person has all the control, no which, matter what which, you do to them. Which leads into that thing that that I talked about very early on. That this is a Joker that can predict the chaos yeah. very well. He knows exactly what Batman's yeah. going to do. That's exactly the reason why he flips the addresses. Mm-hmm. He knew exactly yes. which one Batman was going yes. for. Yeah. Um, and Batman says, I'm going after Rachel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he heads off. And, and Also, big DC Easter egg, 52, 52nd Street. Uh, What's that? 52 is the number of universes in the mm. DC multiverse. Oh, yes. that's funny. That's <laughs> hilarious. Um, and I remember when there were just three. Yep. <laughs> that's how old I am. Um, so uh, Batman heads off, uh, and Harvey Dent wakes up, tied up, surrounded by drums of gasoline or something, yeah. uh, and he hears Rachel's voice. Rachel? Harvey! Oh, Harvey, thank God! Are you okay? I'm all right. I'm in a... I'm in a warehouse. They got me wired to these... oil drums. I am too. In the meantime, Joker wants to make his phone call. He keeps asking for his phone call, and in comes this other cop who is... I forget what his name is. Bullock Light? I don't remember what his name is. I don't know what his name is. And Joker starts fucking with him. Oh, man. And you know what? It seems to me, if I if that's if you've explained who the Joker is, I've seen him for a little while. Yeah. If I walk into a room and he starts to ask me a question, I go, I gotta go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why right. the why the reason they decided to put a cop inside that room is is a little bit where you have to let this plot bend a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um and what ends up happening is uh so so and we kind of go back and forth. So he's fucking with this cop, and then we go back to the conversation with Rachel. Mm. Um and She's talking about, you know, one of us is going to make it. Um, Harvey is panicked, knocks over this, his chair, knocks over one of the drums. Ah! Harvey, what's happening? You see that gas go across his face. And yeah, and you're just like, okay, we're here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we're getting to this point. And, and, I, and then Joker has this speech of, do you want to know why I use a knife? Do you want to know why I use a knife? Guns are too quick. You can't savor all the little emotions. And you see, in their last moments, people show you who they really are. So in a way, I knew your friends better than you ever did. He knows the button, but he's a masterman psychological manipulator. He knows exactly how many friends did I kill? That didn't work. Yeah. And then he says, Well, you know, I use a knife. And then he get then he finally breaks him by saying, You see which I can tell you which one of your friends was a coward and which one of you one of your friends yeah. was. Mm-hmm. And that is like for a cop, mm-hmm. killing other cop. That's like a line that's huge for cops. Which so, also layers in this piece of plot that we yeah. hadn't heard before that Oh, there must be other murders that we haven't seen on right. screen. That's a great point. You know, there's yeah. a lot of other cops. Like, why would this cop be so effective? Yeah. If the Joker hasn't been, there's a lot more Joker murders out there that we haven't seen scenes about. Well, and the, you know, we continue we continue to reinforce this Joker philosophy, which is that there is a truth underneath humans, and there is a, a facade, which yeah. is a lie. Yeah. And that all you knew was the facade, because I use the knife, I know the truth. Right, mm-hmm. right. Now, I'm not sure that is true, but it is certainly the Joker's There's only one way truth. to find out who's got a knife. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I don't either. I'm um, breaking a pool cue in half, boys. Um, <laughs> cop, that cop goes to beat up the, the Joker, and, and apparently that doesn't go very well. No. Nope. Because uh, Joker ends up with him as a hostage, and they're just asking what he wants. He just wants his phone call. I just want my phone call. Yeah. And the clock is counting down. Joker gets on the phone, dials the number. Mm. This is one of the most disturbing things in the movie. Is that a phone? There is a phone in that guy's belly. We kept <laughs> talking about it. And that is a bomb. And apparently Joker knows just where to be to be the person who's not affected by that bomb. Yeah, that's the that, that that's another point of this movie where I'm like, okay, what? Look, he's mystical. That's, I, yeah. Yeah, that, that, I mean? that's the only way you can accept this because how yeah. does every other how does it get to the point where every other cop in this station is affected by this explosion, but he is not? Yeah. We're back to Rachel and Harvey. Rachel tells him the answer to the question, mm-hmm. which yeah. is yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but Harvey can't even hear it because he's too freaking yeah, out yeah, about yeah. trying yeah. to survive and save um, her. And who shows up with Harvey? But Batman. Yeah. He's at the wrong place. No. You oh. also forgot the great part where uh, Gordon goes, mount the curb. And then he <laughs> <laughs> I was wondering, like, aren't, don't you have, like, police radios? Isn't there, like, a car maybe in the neighborhood that you could call? Somebody close. <laughs> um, someone a little closer to this. Because but... Batman, when they show him driving to his spot, it looks like he goes back down underneath that underground street. Yeah. Like, they do a quick <clears throat> shot of him, and it looks like he goes back that route. Yeah. Um, so it kind of seems like Batman went quite a ways away yeah. To, yeah. to get her. Well, and the or other great him. thing is that not only is, did Batman realize he's in the wrong place, but Harvey sees Batman. It's yeah. like, why are you coming to get me? Yeah. No! No! No, not me! Why are you coming to me? And Rachel starts to say something else. Harvey, it's okay. It's all right. Listen. Some... <laughs> It's one of the greatest deaths yeah. in uh, in super superhero movies because she's mid sentence. Mid sentence. It drives the death. It's okay because mm-hmm. listen, harder. She right. was about to say something really important. Yeah, and we don't know what that. Ever she was trying to calm him down. Yeah, mm-hmm. and says it's a heroic death. I yes. mean, it, she she, you know, and again, this goes to why I say I don't mm-hmm. think she was panicking. She this is a brave person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the last thing we find out is that Joker is gone, and so is Lau, right. the guy who knew where all the money was. Right. And then we get a shot. There are several shots in the film of mm-hmm. the Joker that have no dialogue, that are so profound yeah. and weird and upsetting and haunting. And this, to me, is the most haunting of all of them. Joker with his head out of the police car. Mm-hmm. Like a dog. And like it's an IMAX dog. as well. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's an IMAX? Yeah. If you, if you, watch, the, if you watch Dark Knight on the, the Blu-ray, yeah. um, the scenes that are letterboxed are the 35 mm. millimeter, and the scenes that aren't letterboxed are IMAX. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Um, and that is one of those shots. This is my favorite shot of the Joker in a whole movie. It encapsulates the Joker. To- I totally Heath agree. Heath Ledger's version of the Joker. 100% agree. He is, I don't know how he's driving that car with his head out the window. I think he's in the back seat. Yeah, but how is he driving it? Oh, I'm thug? No, I, I don't know. Know. Who's driving the car? Who's mm-hmm. driving Joker's car? That's what I'm saying. He's driving the car. <laughs> he's mystical. It's yeah. magic. Because he's sticking his head so far out that he would have to essentially be driving with his hand down. But he is so happy yeah. and blissful about what he's done. And Jason, you brought this up earlier, this idea of a plan. This guy lies when he says he doesn't have a plan. His whole world is yeah, plans. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't think he even sees them as plans because they make so much sense to him as much as tying your shoe. If tying your shoe can be a plan, 
it is. This is all just so logical and second nature to him that it doesn't feel like a plan at all. It just all makes sense. Well, he's a super genius. Yes. I mean, he's so far ahead yeah. of everybody else in the movie, and a lot of smart people in the movie. Yes, there are. You know that. You know it looks mystical. That's yeah. the only way we can describe how he's doing what he's doing because he's like ninety-seven steps ahead. He's killed mm-hmm. all yeah. those cops, and then of course that explosion happens, and uh, killing even more and, cops. Yeah, killing more cops. Yeah. And the explosion happens with Harvey and. Harvey, who had already been doused in the gas, the fire comes on his face, and now we have the beginning of Two Face. Right. Yeah, yeah, and him rolling around, you know, all that kind of stuff he's doing. And Alfred opens up the note and reads it, and yeah. that's when we find out that she was going to marry Harvey. Yeah. Um, and Alfred brings the note to give to Bruce with breakfast. Bruce is super depressed. Super at the window. This, super depressed. This, this is my favorite scene in the movie. Oh, mm. um, because. This is something that you don't see in comics or really movies. This is a Batman that is uh, he's broken. Yeah. This is Batman that's broken. Um and they do this classic framing. It's so blue with the, mm-hmm. like the early morning light yeah. and he's sitting there looking at the cow like holding it like it's a human head looking mm-hmm. at it. And that's a shot that like so many DC comic book Batman stories have done and I love that you finally get to see it live action, but the fact that He's basically crying, and then yeah. Alfred, of course, protects him. Yeah, which I love even more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, how does he protect him? By not giving him the letter. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But only after, and also giving him orange juice. Yes, that's right. <laughs> but only after having the conversation yes. with Bruce does he take the letter away. Initially, yeah. he's going to give him. He's going yeah, to give, give it to him, but he yeah, takes yeah, it yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bruce asks one final question. That bandit in the forest in Burma. Did you catch him? Yes. How? We burned a forest down. That's a heavy, yeah. that's a heavy thing to say. Which is also symbolic as hell, knowing where this movie goes. Yeah. Yep. Um, Harvey wakes up. The first thing he sees when he wakes up in the hospital is the coin. Um, he turns the coin over, and that's where we see it's scarred on mm-hmm. one side mm-hmm. and heads on the other. And and we find out through the news through I think Anthony Michael Haar, a newscaster, mm-hmm. he came a long way from the Breakfast Club. <laughs> I think like the the difference between adult Anthony Michael Hall and kid Anthony Michael Hall is like the most of any child actor probably because they're like he's like unrecognizable. He's oh, he's so unrecognizable. Yeah, yeah. and uh, he says that someone tonight is going to reveal the identity of the Batman. Mm-hmm. And that fucker Reese. Yeah. It's that fucker Reese. Yeah. He's not even get $10 million a year out of it. Got that Napoleon complex, yeah. a little midget. He can't let it go. It's a book deal. Yeah. And in a the TV me- special. In the meantime, Gordon is has visited Dent, and this is a really uncomfortable scene. Remember that name you all had for me when I was at Internal Affairs? What was it, Gordon? Harvey. Say it. Two-Face, Harvey Two-Face. Why should I hide who I am? And we shouldn't say, you know, we haven't even mentioned the name Aaron Eckhart. Right. He he is great in this movie. He's so... I I think this is his best role. I really do. I think this is um, the best thing he's ever done. Because Aaron Eckhart, for me... Sometimes signs up to do a lot of crappy movies. Yes, he does. Yeah. Um, and he's great in Thank You for Smoking, but I really think he transcends this part. Like, he mm. really makes it work. Because mm-hmm. he was the person when I heard was cast in this part that I was like, really? As Two Face? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, he's yeah. great. But he's well, good. And, and, and it's funny, his model for playing Harvey Dent is Bobby Kennedy. 
Yeah. Oh, wow. Which I could totally see. Is the, oh, that's the crusading um, mm-hmm. lawyer going after the mobsters and yeah. young and idealistic. And I totally. That's great. Another, and, and crossing lines of morality. Yeah. And crossing lines when of morality. Great. Another thing exactly. we got to talk about in this scene is something we really haven't mentioned is the editing of this movie. Mm. Because this is the scene where they, they really... Man, they if they know you notice every time he starts, to yeah, turn yeah, his head, yeah, they cut away, <laughs> yep. and they they build that right amount of tension yeah. with yep. those cuts until when they finally reveal it. And I actually think the two face effect looks pretty good. Oh, yeah. It looks fantastic. Yeah. Absolutely, I think it looks yeah. great. Uh, I, and it's a digital effect. Yeah. This is a yeah. fully they had little dots on his yeah. face, and this is all done digitally. I think it works great because mm-hmm. it is gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, disturbing Ooh. and like that eyeball and what's happening yeah. with his teeth yeah He's, you know the, it gets really gross especially what later when he takes that drink and it drips down his <laughs> neck yeah. oh and I, I i'm just going to mention the name but we're not going to discuss it at all but like compared to tommy lee jones <laughs> which is so horrible mm-hmm. yeah that's all i will say all right um um and and gordon is trying to be nice mm-hmm. he is trying to say they're sorry he's trying to Help Harvey, and Harvey is not having any of it. I'm sorry, Harvey. No. No, you're not. It's a brutal, brutal scene. Joker has got a mountain of money. (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) And the Russian monster is there, and it's like, what are you going to do with all this money? And he just pours gasoline on it and Mm -hmm. lights it on fire. And there is that moment, too, when the Joker slides down... Yeah. The pilot and he does it very hard. Yeah. And you just have to be like, this totally proves that Heath Ledger's a crazy person because there's no way that didn't hurt no like way. hell. Yeah. Especially that last bump. It's just paper. It's yeah. like piles of paper. It would hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, we're at the TV show and uh that we're having a call-in show with Reese, who was about to reveal the uh, identity of Batman, and who calls in but the Joker? <laughs> and what he has to say is that if he if Reese isn't dead in sixty minutes, I'm going to blow up a hospital. Yeah, didn't he want Batman to be revealed? Yes, but not by Reese. It's below him. Yeah. To have Reese be the one that really Yeah, yeah. Reese yeah. is taking away his. Pl- he yeah. wants Batman to do it yeah. because if Batman does it, that means Batman's broken. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, 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 that's fair. So Reese is taking away that that plan. I'll be damned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I work too hard. Yeah. And now we're really getting into the the Joker is exposing people feels he's exposing people's false morality yeah. by forcing them to make this choice, mm-hmm. um, which I don't think it is. I mean, mm-hmm. I think you know, like someone choosing to kill someone to save hundreds of lives. Yeah. That's not saying you have no morality. Right. That is saying you made a very difficult choice that I'm not saying is the right choice, mm-hmm. but. You know, it's like you know the 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 trolley mind experiment. Um, Please, it's a classic sort of psychological puzzle. So, okay. so it is. Uh, you're standing near some trolley tracks, and there's a family of four people standing on the tracks, and the trolley is out of control and speeding towards them. And right next to you is a switch, and you could switch the trolley onto a different set of tracks, saving the four people. But there's one person standing on the other track. Mm-hmm. So in order to to save these four people, you would have to kill that other person. Do yeah. you pull the switch? Uh, yeah, I love that. That I, I I've heard that same uh, example, except in the other track, it's a baby. Sure, we can make it a baby. Yeah. Do you I, do you yeah. pull the switch? I, yes, I pull the switch. Okay. Now here's the secondary problem. Oh Jesus Christ! <laughs> you are standing on a bridge. Yeah. Above the trolley track, 
and there's four people on the track, and standing next to you is a big, huge 450-pound fat man. Okay. And you could push him off the bridge, yeah. and he will land in front of the trolley and slow it down enough so that the four people can get off the tracks. He will die, but yeah. they will be saved. Okay. Do you push him off the bridge? Yes. Okay, so what most people, what usually happens is about 85, 90% of people will say yes to the first question, yeah. and only about 25% of people will say yes to the second. Wow. Even though both of them represent sacrificing one life to save four, yeah. for some reason when you put your hands on the person, you oh. have to do the killing yourself rather than pulling a switch. It's a direct feel, kill. People feel different about it. Well, I'm a military guy. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I, I would have, I would have said yes to both as well. Yeah. All I can tell you, Steve, I'm a military guy. I got to look at the odds. Yeah. So anyway, this is what this is the kind of choices that that the Joker is forcing people to make. Mm -hmm. Did you just diagnose me as crazy right now? I don't <laughs> think so. Okay. I think I did diagnose you as someone who, if you're, if you had a family member in the hospital, would you go kill Reese? Absolutely. Okay. If I had a family member in the hospital, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If it was 300 strangers in the hospital. I would not go kill Reese. See, I would just take my family member out of the hospital <laughs> because I've seen enough. That's not one of the choices, Jason. I've seen enough movies that I know the Joker is going to blow the hospital no matter what. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> well, but especially if I live in Gotham, that like less than a year ago, some guy tried to vaporize our water. Yeah, <laughs> that is a good point. Maybe I would have moved out of Gotham. Yeah, I would have left Gotham. <laughs> that metropolis oh is looking God. so nice. Yep, that's right, man. Um, uh, people are trying to shooting at Reese, sending off cops to hospitals trying to figure out what to do. Bruce is is going through trying to find out about compromised cops. He sends some info to info to Gordon who realizes that he's in the car with a cop who might be compromised because he's got someone in the hospital. Mm -hmm. um, and in through one hospital walks this very pretty nurse. <laughs> she seems nice. <laughs> She's like, she, she cares. And yeah. Dent looks up and there is the Joker in a nurse uniform oh, with so great. red hair. And mm -hmm. Wow. And this is another amazing scene. I mean, this scene is incredible. And of course, Dent wants to kill him. And for some reason, he's in restraints, which I'm not quite sure why, but... Well, because he's, uh, he's unstable. He's pretty yeah. unstable. Um, and this is where we have a scene we talked about from the yep. beginning, is this idea of, I don't have a plan. I'm, I'm just like a dog chasing cars. Do I really look like a guy with a plan? You know what I am? I'm a dog chasing cars. I wouldn't know what to do with one if I caught it. You know, I just do things. Which is a lie. It's all mm -hmm. a fucking lie. I mm -hmm. think he is an agent of chaos. I, yeah. I think he has a plan. Yeah, well, that's right. I just think he knows, yeah, he knows where the chaos is going to go. Yeah. He is definitely creating chaos. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then and then what does he do? He pulls out a gun and he hands it to Harvey Dent. And what's, what the, what's amazing in this scene is there's this thing that links Joker and Harvey Dent, which he Joker says that chaos is fair. Mm-hmm. And then Harvey Dent goes to flip the coin. And Joker's like, oh, I like this. Mm -hmm. Because the coin is also fair. It has no morality to it, mm -hmm. but it is fair. And this is, they're the same in this sense, you know? It's a, and of course, we don't actually see what happens. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, it's an amazing this, scene. This, this to me is the point that this is the Joker testing Harvey. This is the Joker setting up, as he says later in the movie, his ace in the hole, yeah. and he's testing Harvey. And he puts the gun there because he's going to see what Harvey's going to do. Because if Harvey goes this way, he knows he doesn't have his ace in the hole. But if Harvey goes the other way, I mean, we have to assume that that Harvey, you know, he, 
face up, was, clean sight, because that's the only reason the yeah. Joker walks away. But the assuming fa- the gun is loaded, assuming the gun is loaded, which I think it is. Mm. I think it is too. I think the Joker yeah. was is crazy enough to die, but I also think that the fact that Harvey flips the coin is where the Joker gets his proof. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. That's exactly. And 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 what's funny is, I mean, let's be clear. Two Face is a very strange character. Yeah. And the Joker looks at him in in. 20, 30 seconds goes, oh, I get you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know what's going on with you. Yeah. And likes it. We built it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, not intentionally. He no. Didn't, he didn't make that guy have mm-hmm. half his face burned true, off. True, true, very true. You know, he didn't know, I don't know that he knew about the coin. But and, I think when he gave the two different addresses, he knew he was killing Rachel. Yeah, he, yeah, I think he. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think he had. He the, knew he was going to drive. He knew Batman was going to was going to do it. Right. Bat, yeah. His, Batman's Batman. Yeah. 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 Um, and speaking of Batman. Bruce Wayne, not Batman, is driving a Lamborghini and crashes it into the cop car, saving uh, Jim Gordon and uh, Reese. And Reese, I love this moment in yeah. the movie um, because, and I've heard a lot of people like poo-poo on it because you know it's him in the Lamborghini, whatever. This is Bruce Wayne. He's in a Bruce Wayne suit in a Bruce Wayne car, acting like Batman. Yeah, yeah. This to me is the point where Bruce accepts. I'm Batman for good. Oh, no. interesting. I'm Batman for good. That's really I cannot. I, I've I've lost it. Mm-hmm. There's there. I will never not be Batman. Huh. Yeah. That yeah. is fascinating. And I think him putting the car out there, like making the death sacrifice, because mm-hmm. he could have easily died. Yeah. With that, uh, is him being like, I'm Batman all the time now. Yeah. And yet we do have a great Bruce Wayne button of. Do you think I should go to the hospital? <laughs> <laughs> you don't watch the news, do you, Mr. Yeah. Wayne? <laughs> Which is great. At back at the hospital. The Joker walks out of the hospital as yeah. it blows up. Mm-hmm. This is just, you know, it's one of those. Heath Ledger is so fascinating to watch when he's not talking. Mm-hmm. He's just, and part of the key to it is that it stops and he looks around and plays with his little, mm-hmm. you know, detonator thing. It's amazing. No, I can't remember if the story is true, but it was an improv moment that it did not go off when it was supposed to go off. Yep. So he improv the moment until it did go off. Yep. And it's a real. Building the real yeah. building they that, act, up. that he's actually standing in front of. Yeah, I, I've heard that too. That yeah. it, I've heard that as well. That 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 he, when he clicked it, it was supposed to go off, and there was some sort of delay with the actual. Yeah, and so yeah, he just kind of was like, because he knew yeah. that they only had one take. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's an amazing <laughs> moment, and it changes his body movement and uh, pace. Like when he's wearing the dress, when he's being the nurse, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a thing like little, this. Yeah. yeah it's a little, I wish like, you all yeah. could see Roka's yeah. little move that he did because it was good. It's a little Chaplin-esque. It is. And that's the thing that I enjoy about Heath Ledger's performance. I know we got to get to the finish because we've been running for so long. But like the thing that's incredible about- We're really long. Does that matter? It's, I mean, it's well, really long. Dark yeah. Knight's a long but, movie. But, I know. You're right. But it, By it, the way, you probably all, I probably already turned this into two parts. <laughs> oh, can't so you really? Oh, really? Yeah, great. Okay. I don't know where, but- Sorry. Sorry I made this long. No, no, no. I knew it was good. I just mean we got to get to sleep. But the whole idea of um, his performance, the thing that is incredible about the Joker, which you really love about Heath Ledger's performance, is that he seems to be having a blast. Mm-hmm. And that, no matter all the terrible things he's doing, the thing that the the audience loves about him is that he is almost childlike in his glee at being the Joker. Mm-hmm. And those moments, like him like uh, messing with the, 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 the um, whatever it is, the detonator until detonator. it blows, is Another charming moment for him, you know, and so it's interesting. There's a fun fact in this scene as well. Um, this scene has a connection to Arrow. Oh, uh, Echo Kellum, who plays Mister Terrific, 
is on the bus. He is one of the extras on the bus. You see him for a split second, and the only reason I know this is because he tweeted about it. Oh, how interesting. So, yeah, but he's on that bus as an extra. See there, kids? You can be an extra (laughs) and someday be on TV. And now he's Mr. Terrific on Arrow. That's right. (laughs) So I'm going to move a little bit faster through some of this stuff. Um, I'll shut the hell up. (laughs) That that was not in my intent at all. That was not what I was saying. Um, Harvey Dent has gone missing. He goes after some of the cops that uh, were working for Joker. Mm-hmm. Um, he flips some coins, uh, and you know, with one of them, flips a coin, and then we hear the gunshot. Yeah. So we know who he's turned into, um, and the Joker is still planning to do some crazy, continuing to do craziness in the town. Mm-hmm. And Bruce has this plan of using every single cell phone uh, to turn them all into listening devices mm-hmm. and locate the Joker. And Lucius Fox is not into it. He says, this is too far. Right. Again, this is where people talk about Homeland Security and terrorism and reaction mm-hmm. to terrorism and privacy and things like that. Yeah. Um, but he says, this is my last act. Yeah. I'll and, help you, but this is it. Yeah. And he says, although that doesn't hold true when we see Dark Knight Rises, because well, he's still well, working for Enterprise. Well, because of what he tells him at the end, yeah, because yeah, of yeah. what he allows him to yeah. do at the end. He says, put in your name when yeah. you're done, which is setting up something. Yeah. Everyone's trying to get the hell out of town. Um, and including on these two fairies. And I think this sequence is just remarkable. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is really amazing, which is we have one fairy that's all the inmates from prison, and we have another fairy that's a bunch of civilians with a bunch of National Guards on it. Mm-hmm. Now, I forget, why was it that they decided to move the inmates? I don't understand why they're evacuating the city, to be frank. Yeah. Mm. I mean, the Joker blew up a hospital. Right. But it's not like he said, I have a nuclear bomb that's in the next movie, yeah. or fear gas that was in the previous movie. Well, I don't know. Don't you evacuate the inmates first because you don't want the inmates to be mixing with the rest of the crowd? Like, you don't want them to be with the right, regular Right, but why crowd. are we evacuating the city? Oh, I, uh, didn't he say that he was going to blow up the city or something like that? I don't remember that, but I, okay. do, I do remember when people start running, he said, like, don't take the, the bridges. Yeah. Because yeah. I'm going to blow those up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah. I don't remember why people leave. Okay. Unless it's the idea that, like, at, th- at this point, he's still doing stuff every he's, day until yeah, Batman yeah. reveals himself, and people are like, we got to get the hell out of here. He's yeah. really scary. Yeah. And it's funny. I mean, this is where it's like, this. Uh, it's the phrase I use is narrative thrust. Is there's something driving you mm-hmm. forward. There's an mm-hmm. engine. And the engine in this movie is so powerful, despite the fact there are all these things where you're like going... Wait, why are they? Right, and that's where that's where I don't think Christopher Nolan is the best at plot. I he, agree with you. You know, like the, he is really good at feeling and uh, visuals mm. and ideas and all this stuff. But sometimes, if you really spend too much time thinking about the plot, it kind of falls mm-hmm. through a bit. Because mm-hmm. yeah, he has because everybody leaves the city in every one of his installments. Yeah, Razagul, they're all trying. Like he's about to poison the whole city. Mm-hmm. People might be leaving. Then this one, and then of course, Dark Knight Rises mm-hmm. as well. Well, it's climax I, it, is all about yeah. City goes boom. Yeah, and Dark Knight Rises to me is just a mess. You know, yeah, I like I have no idea what the hell's going. There's on. There's great scenes in it, but it is oh, a mess. Some stuff looks great. Yep. yep. But it lacks this emotional core that this has. And here on this ferry, mm-hmm. we're dealing with this idea that Joker is putting out, which is you claim to be moral, mm-hmm. but I'm going to put you in a situation and force you to to make <laughs> a choice. Um, and that the ferries, both ferries stop. We find out there's bombs on the ferries and not only are there bombs on the ferries, but there's a detonator on each ferry for the other ferry. And if you don't blow up the other ferry by midnight, both of you guys are going to blow up. Right. And those people that are on one ferry know that there are inmates on that, on the other ferry. And then the inmates know that there are regular people, regular citizens on the other ferry. So the stakes are hot. Very hot. And Two-Face has uh, Ramirez. Yes. Um, and is forcing her to call uh, Barbara Gordon. Oh, man. Um, and But he flips a coin. She lives. Mm-hmm. So we know, I think we figured out that the that the 
uh, detonator is in this building. There's a bunch of clowns guarding the building. Gordon has snipers set up to to get those shoot those clowns. Um, and Batman shows up. And on one of the ships, we're connecting a vo- collecting a vote on the civilian ship. We're co- the National Guard is collecting a vote on what to do. And the prisoners are arguing on the other ferry. And Batman wants five minutes. Mm-hmm. Don't go in for five minutes. And they have a bit of an argument. But Batman, of course, does, ignores Gordon and goes off anyway. And Gordon gives him two. Yeah, he yeah. gives him two minutes. Batman gets data on the building. He crashes into them. The SWAT team is going down. Barbara calls Jim to tell her that Harvey has has them. Yeah. A lot of stuff going on at the yeah. end of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and what, one of the most disturbing things is that the clowns that they were about to be shot by the snipers are actually doctors and stuff that are just have tape on their faces and their hands are taped to the guns. Right. Mm-hmm. That's really scary. So that really upsets me. I like that little that little twist. I do too. Yeah. Uh, Batman takes out the SWAT guys. He kind of sends them off the roof all hanging. And on the civilian ship, they vote to blow up the inmates' ship. Mm-hmm. But then the National Guard is hesitating. Mm-hmm. And this guy gets up and says, No one wants to get their hands dirty. Fine. I'll do it. Those men on that boat, they made their choices. They chose to murder and steal. It doesn't make any sense for us to have to die too. Yeah. This guy's been an asshole through the whole situation. Yeah. Um, but then on the inmate ship, the inverse is happening. Well, we don't know. That's what's sort of fascinating is the this big prisoner, and I forget the actor's it's, name. It's Tiny Lister. Zeus. Yeah, Tiny Lister's his name. Yeah, he's in so many yeah, movies. He's Tony awesome. Tiny Lister. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, great. he's awesome. He goes up and says, Give it to me. You can tell him I took it by force. Give it to me. And I'll do what you should have did 10 minutes ago. He doesn't say what he's going to do. No. Mm-hmm. And we assume that he's going to blow up the other ship. Right. And f- and all the other inmates are looking, and the guy kind of backs down and mm-hmm. cans it to him. And uh, here's my question. The guy that had the detonator that handed to him, mm-hmm. to the, the warden. inmate, the warden, what did he want to have happen? I don't. Well, I think that's why he took the detonator from him, because the warden wasn't was going to be indecisive. Yeah. And so he took the detonator from him and he throws it out, the window. Throws it out the window. Right, which I think is awesome. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's an amazing that the that the, the criminal mm-hmm. says, I'm gonna sacrifice our all of our lives. Right. And you also gotta look around. There are these shots of these other guys watching. Maybe that's not what no, they, they were pretty done. pissed. Oh, yeah. No. Well, and I also wonder, maybe the warden was hoping when this guy took it that he was going to blow up the other ship. Yeah, he right. was hoping the murderer would murder more people. Yeah. yeah. And there would and be no blood on his hands. Exactly. Right, exactly. Um and, and and then we go back to the other ship, and in the end, they don't do it either. The asshole doesn't do it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this sort of disproves the Joker's whole point, right? I Which, think. when he's having the battle with, because at this point, him and Batman are battling uh, yep. back on the, the on the building, and he looks up because the time he looks at the clock and he sees it's time for things to blow mm-hmm. up. And nothing happens. And yep. Yep. In the battle where Joker only gets to beat Batman because Batman's equipment malfunctions, <laughs> yeah. which I'm just like because the Joker cannot physically keep up with Batman. But I, exactly. I I love this idea because again, this is the idea where um, Batman says that line. He's like, "These people just showed you who they really yeah. are." Yeah. And this is the one time that Joker can't predict. Well, um, I think it's I, I, th- I love this interaction between them. Where he's like, "What did you think?" That everyone is as broken as you, or whatever, and I love that back and forth because finally Batman has the psychological upper hand on the Joker in a way that he hasn't had the entire movie, mm-hmm. and it really pisses the Joker off yeah. as much as he can be pissed off. Yeah. yeah, 
And Joker's about to blow it up himself. Yeah. And then Batman finally gets him off and gets him, you know, sends him off this building, hanging, as you say, in this unbelievable mm-hmm. upside down shot. I love how he laughs all the way yeah. down, like just enjoying his own death, and then he gets yanked up. Yeah. He's almost confused by it all. Yeah. No, that's not what you were supposed to do. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. And and Joker says this line that this might be after he's hanging upside down, that amazing shot where he thought he was actually hanging upside down, where he says, You truly are incorruptible, aren't you? Huh? You won't kill me out of some misplaced sense of self-righteousness. And I won't kill you because you're just too much fun. And so the Joker realizes he cannot mm-hmm. break Batman, but then he says this thing, he's like, I feel you and I are going to do this for a long, long time. And I'm yeah. like, that sets up, he's like, I'm going to keep trying because yeah. it's just so much fun. Right. Yep. I don't uh, kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What would I do without you? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. Well, but, and this is the classic Joker-Batman relationship. You didn't think I'd risk losing the battle for Gotham's soul in a fist fight with you. You need an ace in the hole. Mine's Harvey. What did you do? I took Gotham's white knight, and I brought him down to our level. It wasn't hard. See, madness, as you know, is like gravity. All it takes is a little push. (laughs) Uh, And that's where we're going to leave the Joker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's so sad because they knew enough. They they decided to kill Harvey Dent, which I don't like. Yeah, but they I knew agree. enough. But they knew enough to not kill the Joker, and yet, yeah, ironically, yeah. ironically, and then he, and then Heath Ledger passes away in April before this movie released. Mm-hmm. January, like, January, January. Oh, or even like yeah. So they could have. They could have. They, there was time to reshoot a scene saying that the yeah. Joker or Joker went to jail. Or I, yeah, yeah. I think you do the next movie without the Joker, or maybe have like an, a scene with him or something, mm-hmm. and then you bring him back again for uh, the fourth movie and make it this confrontation. Yeah. And that's that's the shame of it all. It could have been a great, amazing series. Yeah. And if you knew that Heath Ledger was going to die, I wouldn't kill Harvey Dent. Right. You know. Right. Because mm-hmm. he's got so. Because we didn't get much time with him. Yeah. We're going to get a little time with him right now because yep. he's got mm-hmm. Jim Gordon's family, and Gordon is begging, begging. You know, please don't hurt them. And it's just a really rough scene. This is some great acting by Gary Oldman. You know, we always get caught up in Gary Oldman's incredibly powerful performance as a professional. Even Romeo uh, is bleeding, if you remember that 90s movie with Lena Olin. Mm -hmm. All he plays these really weird characters, true romance, what have you. He plays these darker characters, Sid and Nancy with Nail and I. Oh, it's it's, it's history. You forget that he can play this really tender, vulnerable stuff, heartbreaking stuff. And in that moment, he is legitimately so scared for the death of his child. He is willing to do anything and he's so like a dad would yeah you know he's trying every tactic on the planet mm-hmm. to get harvey to stop well and the thing that harvey is you know hooked on is i had to tell rachel mm-hmm. everything was going to be all right when it wasn't but he and didn't that's what, have to tell rachel rachel was consoling him rachel was that's a great point yeah, he's that's a great asshole. point that's a great he's point. Two-faced. He's oh. two-faced. Yeah. Jason and boom. Um, and he even does the horrible, which ones you love most? Yeah. Please, Harvey. Please. Oh, God damn it, will you stop pointing that gun at my family? No. We have a winner. Oh, fuck brutal. Hell. Sophie's choice. Settles on the kid. Um, James Jr. Yeah. 
That's his name? Mm-hmm. Oh, I mm-hmm. didn't know Even that. in the movie and the comic yeah. books. Um, he, and, becomes a, he becomes a Batman villain in the comic books. And there's this thing of you were, <laughs> this idea that, of you were the best of us. He was supposed to be the White Knight. He yeah. was supposed to be the hero that was going to take Gotham forward. You don't want to hurt the boy, Harvey. It's not about what I want. It's about what's fair! You thought we could be decent men in an indecent time. You were wrong. The world is cruel. And the only morality in a cruel world is chance. Unbiased. Unprejudiced. Fair. He flips the coin. It comes up scarred. And he shoots Batman. Kid is going to die. Please don't punish the boy. Please punish me. I'm about to. He's telling Rachel to, or he's telling Gordon to lie. Mm-hmm. Gordon does, which is really brutal. Yeah. And then there's Batman. Well, the question I would say so we see Batman tackle Two Face. Yes. And then he's holding on oh, the edge, is. and he lifts up James Jr. to, to, to Gordon. Mm-hmm. Two-Face is on the ground. By the time Batman loses his grip, falls to the ground as well, we learn that Two-Face is dead. Yeah. Do we think that fall kills Two-Face? I'm, I, uh, I go back and forth on that. Yeah, I do, too. I don't know if he... Didn't kill Eric Roberts. Right. That's right. I mean, we had a... seemed like a much mm-hmm. higher fall for the it Eric did. Roberts it one. It did. Yeah. It seems like it's less than that. Yeah. I mean, you could die from a fairly small fall. Oh, sure. Fall. You hit your head at the wrong, at the wrong yeah. place, you know? And we can assume Batman survives because he's so armored up. And maybe uh, Nolan killed him off because he didn't want to do the third movie. That's exactly right. Well, it just seems like it happens very fast. Yeah. Yep. And, and, they, and they even may come up with this choice really fast of, like, if people find out that Harvey Dent became Two-Faced, it's going to... All of Gotham is going to fall apart, which I actually think sounds kind of yeah. weird, kind of weird. And then you know, because they keep saying like there needs to be this symbol, and that's the only way Gotham survives. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's exactly true. Yeah. And then they immediately go to this other choice of okay, we're going to pretend that I killed all these people, which I'm not sure how you're going to really pull off. Yeah. Particularly when you know he had Ramirez, and Ramirez knows that. So is Ramirez going to lie about this thing? Well, but it's, it's like, more of a public perception thing because. I don't know if I see it as more as like the the city of Gotham is going to fall apart if they don't have Harvey Dent. I think it's more of Harvey Dent has put away so many people that if this comes out, every trial he's ever done is going to be looked at. Every trial. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and the idea is that he actually did a lot of good putting all these men away. We can't let them have a chance getting out. That's that's gonna make even that's gonna make things even worse than the Joker and stuff like that. And I think that's the reason why Batman. Bat, this is this is this is again. You talk about Sophie Choice. This is Batman Sophie Choice in the movie where yeah. he's like, I can let the truth about Harvey Dent come out, or I can actually save the city and play the criminal myself. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't know. I love this ending. I, this, this is the only thing where I, I, I agree with the reason of why we needed to kill Two Face mm. because without Two Face's death, this ending doesn't happen. And I yeah. and I kind of understand it because you're like, oh man, we knew about Heath Ledger. You know, wouldn't you want to keep keep Aaron Eckhart's around? But all this at the same time, you have an ending this powerful. Yeah. I don't know if you want to mess with it. Yeah, 
I agree. I mean, this all is it. it uh, people say this now, still ten years later. It's not the hero we uh, need; it's the hero we deserve, or something like yeah. that. And so, it's a powerful line. And Batman has done that. And of course, it bleeds into what Harvey says at the beginning in that interaction at right. the at the dinner. You know, you live your long live enough, long enough to become the, the villain, become the villain, mm-hmm. and, which is very true. Right. People people have second third acts in life because they become the villain in a certain way. Or people get yeah. sick of them. You see it all the time. I mean, I'm going through it now. People are sick of the outlaw on the, in the showdown. <laughs> they really are. Yeah. And so I, it, people are starting to turn on me because they're like, I don't want to see him in everything again. Like new blood, new blood, new blood. And so it happens. People were on my side and cheering for me to win the title. But ever since I've won the titles uh, and, and lost them, uh, people have slowly started to turn on me, saying they're bored of seeing the outlaw over and over again. So it happens. You mm-hmm. you hang around. How could people get bored of the outlaw? Well, you know, they want to see new blood. That's how it is. Um, Anyway, and so this is really the ultimate sacrifice he's given. He's willing. He's built up this persona as Batman, and now he is willing to be the criminal. Yeah. To be hated and despised. And that is, and we go back to that moment with Alfred where he said, what would you want me to do? And he says, endure. Yeah, Yeah, endure. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really what he's going to do. Great end moment. The song, everything, the the The, the, cycle. The the, the shot of the cycle, the dark night. Yes. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And it is a, unlike, I would say it is unlike any other comic book movie before or since with its ambiguity and it's, it really leaves you with a weird thing. I mean, mm-hmm. at the end of Dark Knight. Yeah, I agree with you. It, it does have such a strong, I would say, moral uh, story throughout that really makes you think because when you when you when you look at this movie, it's a movie it's a movie with Batman in it. Yeah, it's a movie with Batman fighting the Joker in it. Right, and we're thinking about the issues and how the characters talk about the scene. I mean, we 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 spent like a really long time talking about this character. This movie is so deep, it's so complex, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I think you're exactly right. There has not been another superhero movie that's like been this, this deep mm-hmm. or this complex since. Yeah, I don't. I, I hope there's another one. Yeah, I, do too. I really do. Because this is this is a great film. Like it's not even a great superhero film. It's a great film. So you just said exactly what I said when we walked out of that movie theater ten years mm-hmm. ago. Yeah. As I said, this wasn't just a great comic book movie. This is the first comic book movie that is a great film. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I still really believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, very quickly on what happened, it 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 made a ton of money. Number one film in two thousand eight. It got a few Oscar nominations, including Heath Ledger for Best Supporting Actor, mm-hmm. which really he's really the lead i think yeah, you um, could argue yeah um and uh and it's some technical awards but it got snubbed for best picture and best director mm-hmm. and this is why you know many people say this this is, is the movie that created the the, the 10, ten, movie. ten can, i mean yeah. to be honest with you i don't know about you and I, I don't even remember what won in 2008 but i remember this is when i actually still cared about what the oscars said uh i i remember Thinking Dark Knight should have won it. I think it was Be- Forrest Gump that won. If I'm no, that no, was ninety four. Oh, ninety four. Uh, oh, um, but like, see what I'm saying? Yeah, I was sick of the album. There was there was nothing. <laughs> there was nothing else that came out in two thousand eight. I mean, two thousand eight is also the year of Iron Man, the first. Iron oh Man. yeah, so right. Iron Man. Cinematic right. Universe and Incredible Hulk. Uh, but um, I don't know. I remember thinking Dark Knight should have won Best Picture, and I remember that at the end of that year being like nothing else affected me, made me think about movies, made me think mm-hmm. about acting the way the Dark Knight did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and ever since then, now that we've had 10 movies mm-hmm. for the nominees, there haven't been any snubs, and everyone's been really happy. Yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> oh, of course. Of course. It worked great. You know, we just had the Oscars right now. There were no snubs. No right? snubs at all. Everyone was Especially no superhero happy. snubs. No, yeah, no, no, no very none important snubs. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone was nominated. See, both of you have your phones. I'm who's, trying, I'm who's trying to come yeah. up with it first. 
Is, well, is it, it No Country for Old Men? Uh, it, does, no, it's it was Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Slum Millionaire. There's no business beating Dark Knight for No, I'm sake. sorry. Dark Knight's the better movie. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. It's Frost Nixon, Curious Case of Benjamin Button, The Reader, The Milk, and Slumdog Millionaire. I'm sorry. Dark Knight beats every one of those every movies. Every single one yep, of those. Totally every one of those movies. Yeah, we're not talking about any of these movies now. Nope. Yeah. None of nope. them. Yeah. I think I was a year ahead. Yeah. 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 And Sean Penn shouldn't have won for Milk, but that's my opinion. Um, <laughs> uh I think we've we've sort of come to the end. Yeah, yeah, and we're ready for some final thoughts on Dark Knight. John, do you have your final thoughts? Yeah, I think we, I think Jason hit it on the head, and you said the same thing in two thousand eight, Steve. I think this is what it is. This film, it's almost it's almost it almost doesn't matter. It's irrelevant that it's a superhero film. It's a great film. Period. That's what it's about. And it was number one in our Collider top fifty. It is generally considered the number one superhero film by most people, uh, and for so many reasons because. It does do it does placate superhero fans, comic book fans, but it also appeals to cinephiles. It appeals to people who are massive lovers of film. And yes, is it frustrating at times with some of the stories, some of whatever? Yes, but the the thing that makes the film so great and what makes what is the hallmark of great films is the issues that would normally bother you in a worser film or a lesser film do not bother you at all in a great film because you enjoy it for its overall effect and power. And I would say it is a, uh, uh, what do you call it, pop culture? Zeitgeist film. It is a zeitgeist film. It, it came at the right time. It was, it was as superhero films were crescendoing with what would happen with Batman Begins, what we see here with Iron Man. This is a seminal year for superhero films, both for the DC Universe and the Marvel Universe. It changes things. Just like Joker says, you're cha- you've changed things. The film, ironically, using that, does change everything. And I think every superhero film since has uh, used this as a template of how to be as a super, how to come close to this as a superhero film. And I agree, I don't think, uh, it will take uh, an incredible confluence of events for us ever to come close to a film this good in the superhero genre ever again. Logan is maybe the closest it's ever come. Once again, a film that is almost irrelevant that it's about a superhero. It's about a man's journey. And this film itself is about two people figuring themselves out in this whole journey. It's incredible. How about you? I don't think I'm going to beat John's uh, statement there. No. Um, it is a cinema masterpiece, and I think calling it a zeitgeist is totally 100% right because we all know these movies, like when we mm-hmm. see them, these pop culture movies, and then they just like take over culture, and Dark Knight was one of them, Superman the movie yes. one of them. I, I really think Wonder Woman's going to be one of Absolutely. them. Star Wars is one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's so impressive that like nowhere during this conversation of us diving really deep into this movie did i get bored hmm. or did i find that any of the points the especially the any of the moral issues and the emotions of this movie makes us feel did i feel that they had lessened in 10 years i think they're I still as strong and smack us across the face um and this movie is going to be one of the reasons why i think it, no matter what you do you're it's gonna you're gonna have a hard time beating heath ledger's joker and even christian bale's batman yeah, I, I I like the look of Ben Affleck's Batman, but like, man, the stuff that this Batman does in this movie is so amazing that like it's going to be a hard journey. And to be honest with you, it's funny. My biggest conclusion with this movie is that I'm just kind of sad that in ten years, <laughs> with the exception of Logan, yeah, Logan does get really close. It does. Um, no superhero movie has beat this because this to me is the golden age superhero movie that's like this is how they should all be done yeah and 10 years later we haven't come anywhere close and so uh this is an amazing movie and i hope 
I really, really hope that somebody beats this movie, a superhero movie, in the, in my lifetime. It's funny. My my thoughts are sort of kind of between yours. Or <laughs> sure. Is that is that for me? It is no question that it's a seminal film, and it's no question that it hits the zeitgeist at this certain moment. But I think two things happen. One is you have the Marvel universe. Like it's funny. Like a lot of seminal films, it actually doesn't really get imitated. Because you have mm-hmm. the Marvel Universe that doesn't go in this direction at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're a totally, totally different style. Yep. And then you have the DC Universe, where I think they are trying to do this. Well, they tried. And they Man really... of Steel is trying to do this. Yeah, Man of Steel, definitely. And yeah. But if for the most part, they come up, they don't just come up like, oh, we're not quite as good as the greatest comic book movie ever made. That's to be expected. Yeah. But they really miss in a, in a major way, mm-hmm. for, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that they're extremely talented people, including Christopher Nolan, involved in the making of them. Yeah. And so, it, it, you know, it's one of these movies, and I think the thing about it is, is that people tend to look at, when they want to imitate something, they look at the surface, and they imitate its surface. And this comes from Understanding Comics, Scott McCloud, mm-hmm. which yeah. is one of the great books on Everyone should read all that time. Book. Yeah, read it. By the way, they're just right now as a 99% invisible interviewing him, which is really, really good Ooh. if you want to listen to that podcast. But um, anyway, um, you, you look at the surface and they go, oh, it's dark, it's violent, yeah. and it's this these kinds of things. Let's do those kinds of things. But that's not what makes this movie this movie. No. Yeah, exactly. And, and, or even you look at this intricate, totally confusing plot and go, let's do that. And it's like, no, no, that's not what's making this good. What's making this good is this emotional experience of the Joker. Mm-hmm. And that is impossible to replicate Mm -hmm. and you will fail in your attempt you know and that you know so like all great films i think this stands alone that is and i I agree with you i think it always will yeah 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 it is and and his joker is the michael myers of it is that kind of correlate like this idea that comes out of this person this thing comes out of nowhere complete is almost mystical and we don't know what happens at the end to this creature yeah I think he's one of the scariest creatures ever in film. With, Absolutely, with Hannibal Lecter and the shark mm-hmm. and jaws and the alien and you know mm-hmm. and Darth Vader. Yeah, Darth he, Vader, yeah, yeah. This this version of the Joker will definitely stay there for yeah. I think a long time, yeah, it, probably forever. I think so too. Yeah. And I will say one thing. Uh, one more. I want to add one last thing. This film is uh, uh, one of those rare films that are the greatest of its genre, and also a film that holds up to repeated viewing, which is something you can almost like. It's like crack. You can see, you can, there are certain films where you can pick up at any point and the second you flip on it, you're like, oh God, I'm going to be here for the next half an hour. It grabs you every single time, especially if you start with that interrogation scene, you are in for the rest of the movie. It's just the way Mm -hmm. it is. It's it's that rare, great movie that does that. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. So- that is what we think of The Dark Knight. <laughs> of course, we always want to hear what you think. Please visit us on our Facebook page at Search for the Cinephiles. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, YouTube. Leave us some comments on YouTube. Leave us reviews on iTunes. They're really, really helpful. Seriously, that's how people are going to find the show is through your reviews. Yep. If you want to pick a movie, you can go to our Patreon page patreon.com slash the cinephiles and you can uh there's a, first of all there's a lot of great stuff there including conversations with john and i new audio files that are exclusive to patreon and uh if you pledge the right amount of money you can pick a movie we do on the cinephiles That's right um if you want to buy the dark knight 
maybe you should do it on our website, cinephiles.net. And as always, you can reach me at SR Morris. John, where can they reach you? You guys can always reach me at The Roca Says on Twitter and on Instagram. And I want to thank all of you for suggesting this movie and for voting for this movie. Absolutely. Steve and I, uh, this is a film of ours that's a favorite. And we've t- we talked from the beginning, we talked about how we were going to tackle this movie and when we were going to tackle this movie. And we uh, kind of put ourselves in a corner by arbitrarily saying 10 year window for the movies. Right. And so we waited patiently for a year and a half to cross into that 10 year window of 2018 so that we could talk about this movie so thank you everyone for who voted and left comments and i hope you enjoyed this uh one part or two part podcast depending on how steve cuts it and uh and really enjoyed uh this interaction and i want to thank jason inman for taking the time to stop by jason's a busy guy a lot going on comic books he's writing he's currently he currently has a second issue of his comic book out on the shelves now, Jupiter right. Jet, that he does with Ashley Victoria Robinson. Uh, and Jason comes and does stuff at Collider all the time in the Schmodown, and of course, the host of DC All Access. So. Guys, thank you so much. Uh, I'm, I was honored that I'm the guest for Dark Knight. I think that's a high bar. Um, and I really appreciate that. Uh, I don't think you waited a year and a half for The Dark Knight. I think you waited a year and a half for me. There it is. So, Boom. Right. I'm sorry I made this right. episode so damn long. But uh, <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at Jawin, J-A-W-I-I-N. And uh, yes, I am a comic book writer now. Yay. Where can, they get, to, where can oh, they get the uh, comic? Jupiter Jet, you can find it at your local comic book store. And also uh, you can find it on Comixology if you want to read awesome. comics digitally. Um, the third issue comes out, I believe, February 28th. Hopefully that won't date your podcast. But uh, yeah, it's uh, all over the internet and um, it's a fun time and go check it out. That's fantastic. Everyone go get it Mm -hmm. right now. Yes. Um, All right. And I think that's it for this week. We will see you next time on The Cinephiles.